0: The Bible encourages us to spur one another on in acts of great love for others. It encourages us to, to push each other in ways that we can love in this world. Um, would you agree with me that this world desperately needs to know God's love? Would you agree with that? This week I was reminded of uh, the, the world that we live in, the reality. Uh, kids who are going to school in fear now, which should not be. Would you agree with that? should not be. Now... Uh, Oftentimes, we turn those into political conversations, which they should not be political conversations on the outset. Uh, We are called to be people of love and further God's love in every arena we go into, every arena we go into. And we, to do that, want to put ourselves in places where love begins to be second nature to us, where we actually become love in and through every way that we live. Uh, We've been saying this, that we're a community following Jesus, learning to love. This is who we are. And we're on a journey together, aren't we? None of us get this perfectly. None of us. I don't get it perfect. You don't get it perfect. We're all on this journey to love. We're learning to love each and every day. So, just a quick uh, oh, oh, by the way, we have our kids in the room today. If you are in elementary school, will you raise your hand just a little bit, those of you in elementary? I know you don't really want to. I see some of you. I see some of you. Some of the parents, we've got these, we've got them in here. Some of the parents are worried that their kids are going to make noises. Don't worry about your kids making noises. This is church. They can talk in church. It's okay. So kids, welcome. It's good to have you in church today. Just a quick little recap. Uh, Just a quick little recap of where we've been. We've said this, that love sees people, not problems and not inconveniences. Uh, I, I, every now and then, I I find myself seeing someone uh, who might be in need and I see them as an inconvenience. You ever been there? You're in church, so you have to be honest. So you ever been there where you see someone and, and, and they're an inconvenience to my life and so you walk around them rather than being an act of love to them. But love, the way that Jesus calls us to love, calls us to see people. Not just see problems, not just see inconveniences, not just see ourselves as the center of the world. Love that sees people also sacrifices. It's it's willing to say, I am going to give up something on my side for the good of someone else. That's what love does. It sacrifices. And, and, And God gave us a perfect picture of this in Jesus. That Jesus sacrificed his entire life. For all of us, every single one of us. So love sees people, not problems. Love sacrifices. Uh, It gives itself up for the good of others. And then love continues. Like love, amen, love is a lifelong pursuit that we are all on. Even when it's tough, even when we want to give up, even when that person doesn't respond, even when, Matt, she just doesn't deserve it, even when love continues. Love continues to give. Love continues to go the extra mile and sacrifice even when we are wronged again and again and again. This is what love does. Now, we've been talking about Bob Goff a little bit. uh, Bob Goff is hilarious. Do you know Bob Goff? If you don't know Bob Goff, you should know Bob Goff. Look him up. In his first book, he put his cell phone number in the back of his book. He literally put his cell phone number in the back of his book, and it was his real cell phone number. It was not a fake number, so you can go get his first book and call him up, and sometimes he actually answers his phone when you call him. Uh, Bob has been on this journey of love, and he has written these two books in a way to try to push us, the church, toward love. Something that Bob said that, uh, that that I really am thankful for, he says this, God's idea isn't that we would just give and receive love. God's idea isn't that we would just give and receive love, but that we could actually become love. Now imagine that, a world where we become love, that we are so filled with love, but we can't help but spill out love to those around us. Now, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you have spilled out something other than love this week? Anybody? <laughs> like Bob is, he, he, he's like, could we become so full of love? Could we become love so much that we just spill out onto others in a way that shares his love? He continues. He keeps going. He says this. Here's the simple message that Jesus has for us. If we fill our buckets with love, we can actually become that kind of love in this world. If we will fill our buckets with love. When he says buckets, he's talking about ourselves. If we will will continue to fill ourselves with love, we can actually become those kind of people who love others. So love isn't just something we're doing as a church. Love isn't just something that we're doing as followers of Jesus. Love isn't just something we do in our marriages and in our parenting Love is who we are becoming, like the vision that God has for us. I mean, Jesus said it was the most important thing in the entire scripture is that that we would love God and love others, that we would become this kind of love in the world. Uh, I've, I've become painfully aware that I don't have the strength or the ability to become love on my own. Now... If it's your first week, this is going to feel a little harsh. But I have learned that you, on your own, you can't become love. You don't have the strength and you don't have the ability on your own to become love. All of us are in need of being filled with something that we don't have on our own. Are you with me? Like all of us. Like we need to be filled with something and this world is filling us with a lot of stuff and it's usually not love. God wants to fill us completely with love. And so before we kind of move on in the morning and continue to worship, I want to remind you of something today that I think is primary for followers of Jesus and all people to know. Paul was one of the first Christians and he was one of the authors of many of our New Testament letters. And Paul was one, if, if you're new to church, if you're new to the Bible, um, Paul was one who, who in his life persecuted Christians, those who followed Jesus. He, he actually watched some Christians be killed for their faith, be stoned for their faith. And Paul had this encounter with God, crazy encounter that's, that's recorded in Acts, and it completely transforms his life so that he becomes a different kind of person altogether, which is the whole message of Christianity, that we can become different kinds of people when we have this encounter with God. And God began to fill him up with love, so much so that he began to spill out on others. And he was writing this letter to a, to a church, and he was trying to help them understand and grasp the great love that God had for him. And so he writes this. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Now, if you're like me, from time to time, you think to yourself, now, if God really loved me, he wouldn't let this situation happen to me in this, this moment of life. Have you ever felt that way? Like, I wouldn't be going through this if God really loved me. I, th- this would not be a part of my story. Or maybe it's for someone else. Maybe you've thought to yourself, oh, he doesn't deserve that. She doesn't. I mean, they're good people. And Paul wants us to be reminded that this, that, that even in moments of great pain and calamity, that nothing can separate us from God's love. So he continues, I am convinced. I'm convinced, Paul. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, angels nor demons, fears nor worries about tomorrow. Fears for today, worries about, like nothing can separate us from the love of God. Friends, that is good news. That's good news. In, In Paul's mind, as I try to understand what he's saying here, is that, We can't do anything. We can't be confronted with anything that is stronger than the love of God that is known in Christ Jesus. Nothing. We can never face something, never in our lives, that has the power to keep us from what God has for us, his love. And some in this room uh, need to be reminded of that today. That God has this love for you, and no matter where you've been, what you've been up to, that, that his love is pursuing you. And really, there's nothing in this world that can keep you from that kind of love. And that's good news, because every single one of us needs that kind of love. We need to feel that kind of love. And so, uh, we're going to sing this song called Grateful. And uh, the song is, is like good news to our souls, and it reminds us of his mercy and his love and his grace. And we should be reminded of that on a daily basis. Like, you are loved, and nothing can separate you from that love. Aren't you, aren't you thankful for that today? Yeah? Yeah, I'm so thankful. Let's stand up and let's sing this song together. Uh, his love knows no bounds... His love pursues you, and he was willing to give up everything for you and for me. And I'm grateful for that. Let's, let's sing this song together. One last thing that, that Bob Goff talks about, and I find this really funny, uh, especially when we say it in church. So uh, Bob Goff says this, if you want to become love, stop just agreeing with Jesus. <laughs> so many of us just agree with Jesus. Like stop just agreeing with him. Like, go call someone, text them, move from the bleachers to the field. Now, for those of you who don't like sports, don't know sports, that means that you're not a spectator anymore, that you actually get on the field and play the game. I, I love that challenge from Bob Goff, that we wouldn't just be spectators, that we wouldn't just go, Jesus, yes, I, like, I love Jesus. Like, he says such good stuff, like, go, Jesus, keep talking, Jesus, tell them, tell them. No, no, like to become love, you got to get off the bleachers and get into the game. And so much of the New Testament, if, if you haven't opened up the Bible, so much of the New Testament gives us ways to do this. And so I'm just going to give you three and then we're going we're gonna to be done for today. Here, here are the three. And Paul wrote uh, all three of these. He said this first, use your freedom to do this to serve one another in love. Like in Christ, you're free. So use that freedom, not just to pursue whatever you want to pursue, but actually use that freedom for the good of others, to love other people by serving them. So I want to ask you this question. Who can you serve this week? Who can you serve this week? And when will you do that? If you have a pen, like write it down. Like I'll just be quiet. It'll be an awkward moment of silence just for a second. If you've got your phone, you can put it in there. Who will you serve this week? And if you're sitting next to your spouse, don't nudge them and, like, give them a hint. Like, you can serve me this week. That would be awesome. (laughs) I know some of you how you think. So write down. Who who will you serve? So use your freedom to serve someone in love. Paul, in another letter, says this. Bear one another's burdens and so obey the law of Christ. The law of Christ is to love other people. So he says, bear one another's burdens, which, which... literally means to, like, pick up the things that they're carrying and put them on your own back. Like, that's the picture Paul wants to paint. So, whose burden, like, who do you know who's carrying something that needs some help? Like, write their name down. Awkward silence. How can you help carry that burden? And, and maybe it's, it's in praying for them, which is a good thing to do, but, but maybe it's like calling them and saying, hey, I, I need to meet you for coffee, and I want you to have someone just to talk to. And then I'll do whatever I can to help take some of that load off your shoulders. I want to help you with that. I want to bear that burden with you. Now, some in this room might say, okay, Matt, I, I, there's not, not really anybody I can serve which I don't really know that that's true, but I'll go with you for a second. Uh, Matt, there's there's nobody I can really serve, so I can't really do that. All the people around me are super happy, like they don't have any burdens, and I just, you know, there's no burdens that I can bear for anybody else, so, you know, I don't really have anything to do with that. This is one that every person in this room can do. Are you ready? Paul writes this, so none of us are left out. Here's what he says. So encourage one another and build each other up. You can encourage somebody this week. Every person in this room, every person watching online, everyone can encourage and build someone up. Who needs your encouragement this week? Who needs your encouragement? There are people around you that need your encouragement. They need to be built up. They have been torn down. They've been set aside. Who needs to be encouraged in your life? Have you ever had one of those moments where you felt like, oh, I just need to text I need to text John today. Maybe not John, but whoever it is for you. I just need to text them. And you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. I'm not going to do that. Anybody ever done that? Like just put your phone away and you're like, oh, I'm not going to call them. That's just, see, I think sometimes that's the Holy Spirit, like trying to, to pour love into you so that it spills out on other people. I know there are people in this room that you've actually texted somebody when you felt that and all of a sudden you got something back and they said, I mean, the timing of your text could not have been better. Have you ever felt, have you ever gotten that from somebody? Yeah. And so Paul says, do that. When somebody's on your mind, write them a letter. I mean, even if it costs you, however much it costs to send a note in the mail, like do that, like encourage somebody, whether it's written, text, call them on the phone, like send a pigeon to their house to to drop something. I mean, encourage one another and build one another up. Ultimately, Paul In Philippians, in one of the most famous passages in the New Testament, he says this Your attitude, if you're a follower of Jesus, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus was willing to set aside everything, he was willing to lay down his life for the good of humanity, all of humanity. And here's why because none of us, none of us, none are good enough. Like none of us is good enough. Not one. I'm not good enough. You're not good enough. Like we need something to make up for the gap. And, and, and God said, Jesus will take care of 100% of that. And so we want to close our time today taking communion together. Now, I know this for, for some, it's a weird practice. If you're new to the church, uh, if you're new to Christianity, um, this seems like just a strange thing, but it's really pretty simple. We're going to take a little piece of bread, and that bread represents Jesus and his body. And what Jesus told his disciples was that when they eat bread, they should be reminded of his sacrifice for all of humankind. All of humankind, no one excluded from that. So anytime you eat, be reminded of Jesus and how much he loves the world. And then Jesus took this cup of wine, we're going to have cups of juice, and he gave it to his disciples and he said, Every time you drink this, I want you to be reminded of the great love of God that is poured out through me, through Jesus on the cross. And then he goes on to say this. He goes on to say, this this cup represents God's new covenant with humanity. And no longer, now listen to this. this. This is good news. No longer does your standing with God depend on you. Now, somebody should say amen to that. No longer does your standing with God depend on you. It's taken care of. Like what Christ did covers it all. That's good news because none of us are good enough, right? None of us are good enough. And so today, as we take communion, may you be reminded that it's not up to you. Like he's taken care of it. Uh, if, you have a, if you have a child with you uh, and, and you want to talk them through this moment, feel free to do that. You can talk in church. What better thing to do in church than to talk somebody through what we're about to do? I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, so feel free to talk to them. We, we practice open communion, which means if you're here pursuing Jesus, take communion. You don't need to be a member of this church. You don't need to jump through hoops. Just be reminded. If you don't want to take communion, just let it pass. That's okay. Um, hold on to the elements and we'll take it together. Uh, in the middle of this song.